0: Welcome to Seen and Heard in Edmonton, the podcast about bloggers and podcasters in the capital city of Alberta. I'm your host, Karen Unland, and my guest this week is Jenna Maranowski, the woman behind After the House Lights, a blog about theatre in Edmonton. Before we get to our interview, I want to tell you that this episode is brought to you by State Motto, purveyor of handcrafted cocktail bitters, and now a classy little lapel pin. Douglas Dollars will tell us the story behind the pin later in the show, and you can find out more at statemotobitters.com. Here's Jenna
1: Maranowski.
0: Thank you for joining me.
1: Thanks for having me, Karen.
0: So how do you describe the content of After the House Lights?
1: After the House Lights is a theater blog, uh, or I guess a blog about theater in Edmonton, uh, where I do uh, mostly two things, focusing on previews, so interviews with artists, artistic directors, and then reviews of the actual work. And... Why did you start it? Well, it's kind of a long story. Um, so I was part of a blog called Sound and Noise at the University of Alberta quite a while ago, I guess maybe 2010, and I loved it. Became the managing editor, and then that blog went on hiatus. So I was like, well, I still love theater, and you know, I, I know the community, I want to keep supporting them. So I uh, started my own blog. Because your background's not in drama or fine arts, what's your background have to say I'm uh, from the business uh, school the University of Alberta and somehow just took some popular music classes and really liked that and and then that's kind of how it led to sound and noise.
0: So what's What is it about theater that just sparked your passion?
1: Theater for me has always been a way to, I guess, just experience um, another's point of view in a really safe, non-threatening, immersive way. And I just, uh, I loved it. It's, um, I think my my first theater performance in Edmonton was Hair in Fringe, two thousand. 10 maybe and I just I fell in love I was like oh my god I didn't know that that this like is such a powerful experience could could happen when you're not actually you know you're not doing it right um and it's just that that immersive power and the power to be in the room with the performer is kind of just what's captured my interest for the last five years <laughs>
0: It's so interesting to hear you say that because I hear parallels to the way the hockey bloggers talk about hockey blogging, where they wanted to provide a fan's eye view, not a critic's eye view, not a reporter's eye view, not a team's eye view, but a fan. Is that how you see yourself?
1: It was at the beginning, for sure. You know, I wanted to provide that perspective and that... um commentary I guess from what does an average Joe Schmo um, you know what am I seeing what am I thinking Um, but then probably a few years ago probably right around the time I started after the house lights I had learned a lot more about theater I'd had really interesting um, informative conversations with theater artists and I'd um, volunteered on a few productions and so um, getting a little bit more certainly not an expert view but but learning a little bit more about what goes into a production. And so now what I try and do is kind of blend those two things. So what does um, a normal person, we'll say a non-theater person, see when when they go there? And what does someone who maybe has a little bit more experience with theater, what do they see?
0: Now, another thing you do on After the House Lights is these deep dives into festivals. Mm -hmm. So... Um, let's start with Fringe. What did you do for Fringe this year?
1: Uh, this year, I previewed uh, 77 uh, shows. <laughs> and, yeah, <laughs> it was a little bit crazy. So so that I didn't get to review any this year. Of course, I still went, but not in a reviewer capacity. And the year before, I did 84 shows um, with my previewing adventure. <laughs>
0: And so that, the way you did that was send a QA and a to the artist?
1: Well, I put out a call for media releases and then got contacted with media releases. And from that, I did, I think it was a seven-question written interview, because written is a lot faster than me calling someone up. A few standard questions, but then a few customized to the production based on their press release. And then they'd re- send it back to me, and I'd just post it um no really no editing because that's kind of what fringe is all about it's it's a free for all yeah,
0: and what's the audience reaction for you, for your audience
1: uh really good, probably um I'm going to say probably almost half of my views um, this year so far have come from Fringe. Um, so people people love it. I mean, with Fringe, you just kind of want to short and sweet what is about. I mean, my first question is describe your show in five words. That should hopefully tell someone enough to, um, to be able to make a decision because there's so many choices.
0: Did it help you make decisions, too?
1: Definitely, definitely. Especially that first question, too. It really shows a lot about the person about the show, what you respond to that first, um, even that first question. But then, of course, you know, the the, the rest of the questions, too, it just helps kind of sort through a few things.
0: (laughs) I also like that you gave the artists the opportunity to shout out to anybody they wanted to thank for mm-hmm. this that was kind of a pay it forward kind of thing
1: that started last year um because i my last question was just anything else you want people to know about the show and everyone started plugging so i just definitely wanted to give that space for people to be able to because again that's what fringe is about a lot of these artists tour around between different cities and they get to know each other. There was this female power coalition, I think um, that was at Fringe this year with all these different solo female artists and, and again, that's, that's kind of goes back to the spirit of Fringe I guess. Yeah.
0: Now you also do deep dives on some of the lesser known
1: theater festivals like Found Fest and Next Fest. Why do you do that? Again, I think just to promote these really cool things that are happening in the city and there's some of my favorite festivals in the city, you know, Canoe, Found Fest um Next Fest all of them um they're maybe not as well known like Fringe there's Fringe has a huge audience obviously um but these ones are a little less known and I uh, one of my things with with those three festivals in particular is trying to make them accessible to people who um because they're a little weird you know found festival found space canoe Festival is just experimental craziness so just trying to make it a little more accessible going back to those roots, I guess, of being um, just an average theater goer.
0: I don't think anybody covers those as deeply as you do. Even the alternative press doesn't go show by show like you do. Do you feel like a responsibility?
1: Yeah, a little bit. But I mean, it's it's good for me as a writer, too, because just like the amount, especially like Canoe. Um, and Next Fest, too, the amount that you're exposed to, I think that that, um, so it's a bit of a responsibility, but a bit of a privilege, too. Um, you get to see so many different genres and artists and just get to know them. And then that makes your reviews, my reviews going forward, um, even better. So yeah. plus it's, you know, I've been in the community for about five years and it's it's all people I know and I want to support them. So um, not that the other press don't. <laughs> <laughs>
0: But it's, it's somehow more intimate, I think, when you do it, because you're yeah. you're right in the trenches with the mama.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of—I'm glad that that comes across. That's kind of what I try and do. Yeah. It's a lot of work. How
0: much time do you spend on your blog?
1: Oh, um— I don't even count probably probably a busy week honestly it would be it would be a part-time job it would be 20 or more hours Um, slower times like now it's a little bit less Um, but probably probably per show is probably an easier number for me to estimate and it's it's probably anywhere from oh I'm gonna say five to seven hours a show um depending on if I do a preview and how much research I do before and stuff, right. yeah.
0: Do you ever think, oh man, I got to cut back? This is like too much?
1: Yeah, I've been thinking that a little bit lately. Um, but I think um, instead of cutting back, I think I want to hone in a little bit more on things that I want to cover. So there's there's some genres that I just think I'm just not as adept at covering and uh, just want to focus on the ones and, and especially the people that whose work really interests me.
0: The kind of people, like actors, or or what do you mean?
1: Yeah, the people, the people producing things like Found Fast Thou Art Here, um, certain actors like Jesse Gervais, people in the community whose work I just love. Um, those are the ones I want to focus on more. So, if you
0: could make this your day job, would you want to?
1: It's <laughs> a good question, and one I've asked myself a lot of times. I'm not sure. That's really the answer is I'm not sure. <laughs> It'd be nice, you know, make money doing, doing something like this. I mean, my day job is also super exciting, and it is that variety that kind of – that makes me want to do both, I guess. And and I, I guess I don't know what it – I just have no idea what it would be like um, getting paid for for something – I don't know, you know, something that's so – different than what I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. All right well let
0: me let me come at it that a different way. What would you like to do next with After the House
1: Lights? I've been thinking about some ways to monetize it not necessarily to make it my day job but um, maybe to you know pay for my domain (laughs) or something. (laughs) 12 bucks a year that would be great. (laughs) (laughs) This is such an exciting theater community to be a part of and there's so many just great things about it I love to do more deep dive um, more like um, I don't know if you know the podcast here's the thing with Alec Baldwin I love to do something that just talks about like someone's career and like how did you get here and what choices did you make and and stuff like that or, or archiving or not archiving but chronicling like the, the history of a venue or something like that of course that all takes time and um but you know it's just kind of those more i guess deeper dive is what you said but those kind of things
0: that sounds like it would be a really good podcast yeah it does actually <laughs> <laughs> planting seeds
1: yeah all right
0: i think that we'll take a break and then we come back we're going to talk about what local blogs podcasts and youtube channels that you like
1: sure okay. sounds okay. good all right
0: This episode of Seen and Heard in Edmonton is brought to you by State Motto, and I'm here with its founder, Douglas Dollars. Hello. Now, State Motto has a new product mm-hmm. that you should not put in your drink. No. No, so what's that?
2: Uh, so as most of my products and projects are just flights of fancy turned physical, uh, there's now a what we call the Oath Pin, which is the, the Boy Scout salute, the three-finger salute in lapel pin form. So it's a little one-inch pin uh, in either black and white or gold and white. Uh, people can now purchase these. Our pins look nicer on your clothes. Your clothes look nicer with our pins. Which is the thing that keeps the, uh, what we call the oath or the motto, which is the three points of organic whenever possible, as local as possible, and no artificial flavors or colors. So it's just three fingers salute for our three-part promise.
0: Where can people get state motto oath pins?
2: StatemottoBidders.com.
0: So statemottoBidders.com. Yep. We'll get people to everything.
2: The goal this year on top of the pins is to expand into um, drink making supplies, barware, things like that. So hopefully very soon working with other local Edmonton producers for things like those long metal stirring spoons. Uh, There's a couple other drink producers who make their own tonics, uh, their own gins, things like that. So potentially could be a one-stop shop for all things drinky.
0: This is awesome. Yes.
2: It's always the hope and the plan. There should always be a couple things to plan for and work toward.
0: Excellent. Thanks for coming to talk to me about oh, this today.
2: Thanks for, for having me.
0: So Jenna, tell me what local blogs and other independent media you like.
1: Sure. Well, there's a lot. So I'll start with the arts related ones. Um, my number one is the What It Is podcast because those guys are awesome. They, are. they do. Yeah, they do such great work. Um, and they're really fun. And, and they're kind of that deep dive interview that I was talking about. They're um definitely quite a few of their episodes do that so i love them and they also do um you know the nxt fst podcast and and other kind of event related ones too so um really love the work that those guys are doing they had a really good podcast with you (laughs) they did some of your other
0: theater buffs that was
1: fun yeah (laughs) (laughs) that was good that was a lot of fun (laughs) Um, Also, I Don't Get It Dance podcast, Um, those guys, again, kind of what I was talking about about making um, the arts accessible, they do a really good job of that. Um, And they're, I believe, fellow Yeggies winners. (laughs) (laughs) And then on to blogs, uh, Finster Finds, Kristen Finley. Uh, She writes about a lot of stuff about about her work, but also about just things that she sees and she's so knowledgeable about theatre. It's awesome to read that. Um, As well as Ephemeral Pleasures, which is Louise Mallory, I believe. Um, and she, she was on the podcast too That's right. um, yeah and she same thing she just writes she goes to a ton of shows and she just writes about them all in a really great way and then behind the hedge John Richardson Uh, It's not just art, but he does write a lot about the arts uh, as well as like uh, municipal issues and politics and stuff like that. So he's great. Um, The pretentious English major, Savannah Harvey, again on the podcast. Um, But she's um, she's hilarious and she's, I worked with a player, uh, on a play with her and she's, she's wonderful and then the the theater Alberta blog it's I don't know if it's so much of a, a blog but um, they, they do post some blogs so they're they're great as well as of course stage struck and the choir girl um, Sable Chan who's awesome and taught me so many things that I didn't know about choir <laughs> that's true she really she sings in the opera
0: chorus yeah and then another pro Coro yes. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just you would never imagine what goes on. And she lets Absolutely. us peek behind the curtain.
1: Yeah, and she does all these fantastic interviews um, with with people that, that I don't know, but it gives context, you know, the two times a year that I go to a choir performance. Yeah, she's and beh- I especially love her behind-the-scenes um, peeks with, with Nance Price, the photographer, um, behind the Edmonton Opera Productions because it's, like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. Those are all, yeah. all good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I have non-arts ones. <laughs> yeah, um, of course, the uh, Master Mac and Only Here for the Food, which you had on your show. Mm-hmm. Um, the Undad, too, uh, Trent Wilkie. I I don't know. I don't read a lot of parenting blogs, but um, his is awesome. <laughs> of course, Bacon Hound and Sweet Tooth and Meat Tooth for my food addiction. Right. <laughs> That's my list. <laughs> That's a good
0: list. Mm-hmm. I like that list. And so we'll have all those links up on the uh, on the show notes. What advice would
1: you have for someone who wants to start blogging? Well, I would say just do it. It's not that hard to to start a blog. Um, I guess I I don't know so much about committing to a uh, content schedule, but I would say um, focus on your quality first, and then focus on building your audience. Um, that's definitely something that I've found with both Sound and Noise and um, and After the House Lights is if you have quality content um and and then start promoting it, you'll get readers. Yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And just be true to yourself. Um because a lot of people, um I mean I've had some negative comments on my blog posts. Um but if you're true to yourself, then you know it's it's your opinion, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: What do people what are people like <laughs> negative
1: about? It's not so much on after the house lights, but especially on sound and noise. Um, you know, people just um especially not so much with with theater artists but people really identify especially with music artists um and so if you say something negative about them they take it as a personal insult so they need to troll you um but you know if you're if you're being honest and if that is a if you're not criticizing just to criticize then um then you know you've you've got a leg to stand on
0: thank you so much for joining thank you Uh, Be sure to visit AfterTheHouseLights.com to see all of Jenna's hard work and uh, look back at what she's done in marble and (laughs) find your passion and do the same. Yeah, Uh, You can also follow her on Twitter at Jenna Maranowski. So that's J-E-N-N-A-M-A-R-Y-N-O-W-S-K-I. And links to all of this and Jenna's recommendations will be in the show notes at seenandherdieg.com and subscribe to my newsletter at seenandheardyegg.com so you can get a heads up on when the next podcast is up and catch my weekly roundup of great blogs and podcasts in Edmonton. Uh, you'll see lots of her picks. You'll see lots of new picks. You'll see her in there. I'll be back in a week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>